Hi, my name is Marissa Klein. I'm the founder of Choice Fashion and Media and co-host of the career inspiration podcast, The Dreamcatchers. And I am Jamie Stozer, the other co-host of The Dreamcatchers and the VP of Fashion and Media at Choice Associates. Up next is a special edition of The Dreamcatchers. We've curated our favorite dreamers and doers for an inspirational conversation. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. We can start. Yeah. Thank you for being here and for uh, having some patience while we set up the magic that is this panel. My name is Marissa Klein. I'm coming to Bellworks today for our second How It Works installment, um, which I'm really honored to be a part of. I run a fashion staffing, fashion and media staffing firm called Choice Fashion and Media with my sister and our team is here. We are also the hosts of a career inspired podcast called The Dreamcatchers. And we work closely with Paula and her team here at Bellworks to, I think Bridget said it really well a few minutes ago. What did you say we do? A panel of people that are catching dreams. dreams. (laughs) Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, And today the focus is unpacking this mysterious magical world of social media digital branding etc etc that are all words that we have had to lean in to learn and embrace in our lives and there's a bunch of people here that do it better than the rest of us so we're going to spend some time talking to them and how they got on their journey and how they got to where they are today and without much further ado Jamie, my sister. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. Can you guys all hear me back there? Yeah. By the way, plenty of seats up front. Don't be shy. Um, It's rare I have to ask if anyone can hear me. So thank you for bearing with me. Um, As my sister said, my name is Jamie Stozer. I help Marissa run um, mostly the media side of our business. I grew up in the media world. She grew up in fashion. We merged together. It's our dad's staffing firm. Been in business for 45 years. So our job day to day. We we have not. No. No. Um, just glimmers in daddy's eye. Um, We have been in business, our company, for 45 years. Our division has been around for about 16. Um, And our jobs day-to-day is helping people get jobs and figuring out what they want to do when they grow up, really. Um, And so we find great pleasure in talking to people about what they do and why. Um, And we are so honored that Paula and her team have asked us to moderate these sessions because what we find is that this building has created this amazing vibe, and Paula is behind that, to create community and talk to people and figure out like, what are you doing here? What's your story? That kind of stuff. And that's really what we talk about on our podcast. Um, And we are thrilled to be here today to talk about uh, social media and branding and strategy when it comes to all of these amazing people's businesses. So what we'd love to do at the beginning of our podcast typically is to, and all of these events, is to have each of our guests introduce themselves because I think you can introduce yourself probably better than Marissa and I can, even though I did read all of your bios and I feel fairly prepared. I would like for you to, if you don't mind, just go down the line, tell everyone who you are, um, maybe a little bit about what you do currently and whether or not you work at Bellworks, why you're here, if you live locally, like a little bit of something as to why why today, why Bellworks, why Homedale. So if you don't mind starting, Stephanie. Sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Stephanie Gittleman, and I have a 20-plus media career. I used to work, actually, I was the youngest person that the NewYorkTimes.com has ever hired. And then I went on to work at MTV, and then I was formerly the vice president of advertising 
sales for a company called Luxury Link. Love Luxury um, Link. Love Luxury Link. Luxury, customers. Yeah, Luxury Link doesn't exist anymore, but it's okay. <laughs> um, and then I went on to start a couple media companies, one that I'm currently with right now, which really helps local businesses and individuals with their branding and identity and help them through this social media maze. I'm also a skincare influencer and I just love obsessed with all things media. Do you work Hi. at Bellworks, by the way? I do not work at Bellworks, <laughs> but, but you I live, do live you locally. Live, okay. Sorry, I didn't follow mm-hmm. the directions. Um, <laughs> but I do live locally. I frequented to Bellworks quite often, and it's a great space. Love it. Great. Welcome. Um, my name is Paola Samudio. I'm the founder of NPZ Style and Decor, um, an in- interior design firm, but we also do creative work from graphics to creative direction to branding and event styling. Do We do a little bit of everything. I'm also the lead designer for the building for Bellworks and the creative director of Bellworks. So I do a little bit of a lot. My firm, uh, it just turned five years, old, five years this month, actually like a few months, but officially like this month. Um, and uh, we just got named uh, by Interior Design Magazine top firm. Uh, so Yay. design firm, thank you. NBD. Thank yeah. you. And no so it's been a great, you know, we've been doing a lot of work and a lot of fun stuff. And and I love what we are creating here at Bellworks, a metro burb, a metropolis in suburbia. And and creating community, connections, culture, work, play, living, living inspired. So that's what I do. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Uh, my name is uh, Rob Tuzo. Um, I've spent the last 20 years in residential finance and mortgage and real estate. Um, I'm the CEO and, and own the New York School of Real Estate and the New Jersey School of Real Estate. We do a ton of speaking engagements um, throughout the country. Um, and, you know, I love speaking in front of people. I'm completely addicted to my phone and social media. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always striving to, you know, reinvent myself and come up with something new, whether it be on uh, creating content or getting your name out there or getting your story out there. So social media is a great outlet to get to many people's homes that you may not be able to see every day. Oh, and uh, one last thing. This place is amazing. So, <laughs> kudos. I came in, I was completely blown away. And this was your first be, time here, right? This is my first time here, and I'm already looking for space here. <laughs> so I love it. I don't want to leave, and thank you. And you did a great job. Hi, I'm Jeanette. Um, I handle all things social at WorkWave right here in Bellworks. So that includes our organic social strategy, um, creating social advertising, full funnel strategies for our SaaS products, um, social employer employer branding, and everything in between. A little bit about WorkWave. So we're a SaaS company. We provide end-to-end software solutions for companies that are in the field service industry, empowering them to reach their full potential and uh, grow with their business. Hi, guys. Am I on? Sounds it. I can hear you. All right, I'm good. Hi, I'm Bridget Ripple. I am the founder of the New Jersey Yoga Collective and the Vibewell Yoga Festivals. I do not work in Bellworks, but I'm a huge fan of the fresh markets that come every Wednesday. (laughs) And I've been known to frequent those and shop the pickle guy regularly. Yeah, it's pretty legit. (laughs) I used to be an attorney. 
I worked as a lawyer for five years full time until I had my kids who are seven year old twins now. I also taught yoga in that period. And then after having them realized that what I wanted to dig into more and more was teaching yoga from there, building a yoga community that felt bigger than a studio space and also tapped into something that I felt was really missing in my legal career. like. If anyone here has worked as a lawyer at a law firm, right, you know the uh, benefit or the expectation of FaceTime. There, and it's probably that way at so many companies, right? Like you need to be there until after your boss leaves, right? Even if your boss leaves at like 7 and you leave at 7.01, you have to have that FaceTime for so much of your day. But there's very little connection. So what I wanted was to create a platform and then events and opportunities for people in the wellness community and maybe a more conscious space to connect authentically and for that to feel like it mattered. Social media has become such a huge component of that for me because of not necessarily like the pretty picture in the square, but the stories. And the one thing I'm going to say to you guys, minute one here, use them, right? Like... Even if you want to pull out your phone right now and follow me or New Jersey Yoga Collective, so it's Bridget Ripple, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-R-I-E-P-L, or NJ Yoga Collective, put up a story, tag me, and I will repost you. It's a great way to get people's eyes on what you're doing because so many people then tap it and are like, oh, who's he? Who's she? What's that company? It's a great organic way to build followers, but not just followers, not just likes, not just hearts or thumbs, but connections. Mm -hmm. And at the end of today, I hope that's what you guys take away, that social media is a way to authentically connect. Thanks. If you're going to plug, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone want to plug? No, I'm just kidding. We'll add, give it at the end. Bell works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everybody. I'm Ollie Taylor. I am the CEO and creative director of Bell Marketing Design Studio. Uh, the name is just a coincidence. I actually started the company five years ago when I lived in Belmar, which is where I, where ah, I got that. Oh, Bell Marketing. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Double synchronized. I like yeah, it. Yeah, completely different. Building. Yeah. Um, and I also have another company that does promotional products. It's called Lake Promo because I uh, actually lived in Lake Como. Uh, look at you so. with those names. I like that. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you check out my bio, I'm very big in to New dad Jersey. jokes and you know New <laughs> Jersey and comic books yeah all puns intended um, but I uh, do so Bell Marketing Design Studio what we do is branding web design social media uh, and pretty much all aspects of it you know I wear about 22 different hats um, it's been one of the coolest things is being able to connect with business owners I work with a lot of the either the business owner directly or the CEO or you know senior level people to basically help their teams take advantage of of the internet, take advantage of social media, like getting their story out there and connecting with their customers. You know, my tagline is helping you deliver the right message to the right audience at the right time. Um, and one of the other things I do is uh, I'm part of a networking group. We actually met here uh, at seven o'clock this morning over in Bell Market. Um, but it's with a lot of people who have not used social media before or they're in industries where they're kind of fairly restricted on how they can use social media. So I've been able to work with them in being able to to you know, create those connections like you were talking about, even with those types of restrictions. And um, I can share more about some of the other cool things that I've done in my past. Uh, I've done a lot of work with um, you know some NFL and Phillips Van Heusen. We've done some like cool things with like IndyCar and and racing at some of the other companies that I've that I've worked for. So and I'll be happy to share more about that later. But, 
Love it. So before we start, I, this is where I get really, really excited because there's so many things that we could talk about with these people. Um, and I, I could talk about their careers. I could talk about how they got here. I could talk about how they, where they came from. I could talk about their why, their what. And, and really, our focus needs to be on what they've exposed today. But when I, one of the things I at least want to say for all of you is why they were cherry-picked to be on this panel. Okay, because I think it's important as part of the Metro Burn being here today is to kind of know why, you know, why the synchronicity of being here it has happened. Um, obviously, Jamie and I, we've already explained ourselves and Paola, without question, should be on this panel as this is the center of the universe that she has created. Um, but one of the things that I think is interesting is we have people that work at Bellworks, which is obviously extremely important for people that work at Bellworks to see what other people are doing and drives home the message that Paula Speaking has tried of, to create. raise your hand if you work at a Bellworks. See, look at those proud hands. Okay, and raise your hands if you don't. There's a lot of people here that don't work here. Welcome, friends. Welcome. I'm so happy you came today. Um, so we have, great we have people that work here and we have now people on the panel. And then we also have some people that we've invited that are local that support the Bellworks community. Uh, I was also wanted to point out that a couple of these people on the panel are using social media marketing and branding to, to put their business and their business into other people's brains, right? So Rob uses his personal and professional social media presence to expand being a CEO in, a, in, a, in, in mortgage and finance. And where Bridget basically has an entire yoga business that highlights and, and, and elevates yoga studios throughout the state of New Jersey, but she uses her brand as herself to help enlighten all those other companies and little businesses. And then you have the people that work here where he works for himself, Ali works for himself, but is helping doing it for other people right or pointing the fingers for other people or teaching other people this morning how they can get involved in in this big game that we're all in and then Jeanette works for corporate so you know some of you might be sitting here thinking like how do I use social media right or how do I work in this line of work but I don't necessarily want to start my own business and you can and you can listen to Jeanette and how she's channeled her world or her background in marketing to be a social strategist for a very uh, a tech driven company here. And then right somebody by the, not to interrupt you, but somebody like Stephanie who uses social media because I follow her and she's a friend of mine for multiple places. You manage their accounts and then also do your own in two different ways. You probably have four. I think the limit is six. I have six on my phone, so I know it's six. You probably manage a, a ton of accounts on your phone. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, we got to work away, around how, to, how many you can have on your phone at one time. Um, but yes, I mean, it's everybody up here is doing using social media and content and strategy in different ways, both personally and professionally and to different goals, but the same at the same time. And to drive that point home, that's the whole point, right? It's not just a black and white situation, social media, marketing, digital strategy, all of it. It could be used and, and felt and touched in so many different ways from so many different types of companies. And to hear them all talk about it, it should give you as the audience an understanding that it's not just for this or it's not just for that. Okay. So, Jamie. Okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like good sum up. Um, so, one of the things that I like to ask everyone when I meet them in general is like, Marissa and I, obviously, and that's why our, our podcast is called The Dream Catchers, are very big on dreams and what that means. And, you know, we've, Marissa likes to say she's been saying dream big since before dream big was everybody's tagline. In fact, she wrote two children's books called The Dream 
big academy. I will plug them for her. Before it was like a thing to say dream big. Um, But they copied me. Yep. That is 1000% kind of what we do and why we do it is is helping others change their dreams, chasing our own dreams. One of which, by the way, is doing things like this. I love more than anything taking time out of my day to sit with other people and figure out why they do what they do. So one of the things I'd love to know from each of you is what did you want to be when you grew up? Because that answer, which is what Marissa wrote her children's books for, and as a parent myself, and a lot of us are, it's so interesting to see that people's dreams when they're kids, not only do they change every single day, one day it could be a fireman and the next day it could be a dancer like Marissa's books or, you know, Superman. I I read your bio. (laughs) But it's not only is it, you know, changing every day, but I also think it's somewhat indicative of what you end up kind of doing now. In fact, the last How It Works, we talked to um, the team from IFF, which is International Flavors and Fragrances, and one of the girls on our panel wanted to be a witch when she grew up. And that's what she said. Not even She wanted to be a witch. Wanted to be a witch. Used to make little potions in her backyard. And guess what she does now? Makes perfume. Like, Like, that's really cool to me as something that it was ingrained as her as as a little girl has now become her career. And not to say that we all are doing what we set out to do, but um, I'd love to hear from each of you. What? The second you were nervous, right? Yeah, I was like, "Mm, what do you mean? And then the thing crashed down on us. You never know. Like, did you like set a spell? So Extra night. Yes, right. So I would love to hear from each of you what you wanted to be when you grew up. What was your, what is your first memory of what you wanted to be? So my first memory was I, when I was little, I wanted to be a news reporter. But then when I got to college, I wanted to be a copywriter. I don't know if I do. I do co- a little bit of copywriting, but I'm definitely not a news reporter. But look at you, like, talking to an audience yeah, on a microphone. So it, it it's not that different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love it. Um, my first memory, I remember, is uh, dressing up my dolls, making them really pretty, making their houses, making everything, like, the lighting right. But I was, like, five. By the way, I didn't script this. These answers are perfect. <laughs> All of that. I remember. <laughs> then I went into school. And I wanted to be a news person as well. Um, but I don't know, I didn't like it. Then I went into musical theater, which I loved. But um, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough life, I feel, like yeah. the casting and all of that. And then I went to back to design. I work in, as a fashion stylist. I work for different um, magazines uh, in New York. And then I decided that I wanted to do trend forecasting, the forecasting of trends. So I went to Italy uh, to do my master's there for trend forecasting. And then I came back and I said, you know what? I love trends and I love design and I love interiors. I'm going to open my interior design firm focus on forecasting the trends so i love that yeah so you were doing it for your barbies when you were little and now you're doing it for all of us thank you for doing that i love it what about you rob well it's interesting i mean as a young kid i wanted to play professional baseball and i played in college and uh but growing up i didn't really know what i wanted to do i just know i wanted to have more and be more successful than my parents were and Mm -hmm. you know i grew up very simple beginnings where a lot of people around me had more the coolest toys the you know whatever it might have been and I have a couple stories that you know really hit home that even to this day at 43 years old I channel and it motivates me and makes me want to be better than who I was yesterday 
Um, you know, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to be. I just know I wanted to be successful and have that feeling of accomplishment. And I knew I wasn't going to stop until I got there. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like, you know, you want to be famous or be on TV or if it was going to be helping people or whatever it was. I mean, my parents were very strict, Italian family. They wanted me to be a teacher. That's what they were. I didn't really conform to the way society saw things. I don't know if I was a millennial before my time or whatever it may be. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Um, but you know, I never really did things the way that they were supposed to be done. I always found an alternate route, a different way to look at something, a different way to approach whatever it was I was doing, whether it be school, relationships, friendships, um, business, and uh, still to this day. I mean, you got to be innovative and on the cutting edge. And, you know, you really can't define where you're going because you set out in one direction and you end up in a completely different place. And that's how I live my life. Love it. Um, so I don't really know how this transferred into being in social media, um, but the first memory I have, what I wanted to be, is I actually really wanted to be a detective. So I think, yeah, I think in the early 2000s there was really something glamorous about being in the FBI and you know catching serial killers. Um, obviously, that would be a little bit unrealistic nowadays and probably pretty dark. Um, but another memory is I really was into musical theater and singing. I'm actually a really good singer, but I'm a terrible actress, so. <laughs> Didn't work out too well. You are holding a mic, Jan. I'm just yeah. saying. Like, <laughs> go for whip out in song. There's free. several nice of us audience. that would whip out in song right now. Yeah. I think there's karaoke and Red Bang tonight yeah, downtown. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? Being a detective has certain... It's interesting to me because we do this activity a lot when we're talking to like young grads that who you are in your friend group or what you wanted to be when you grew up tends to be indicative of the types of careers that you'd be good at. So I think being a detective probably has some skill sets or the desire to want to like figure stuff out is very much probably... Or look for clues. Yeah. Is very much part of your your job now and you don't even like think of it that way but it, it's something that you know Marissa and I's job obviously is to help others think of it that way but it really probably is something there that no different than if you said I'm really good at math and I've always been good at numbers and then you ended up getting into finance like that to me is not a shock so being a detective maybe got you here and you can navigate your way around this <laughs> maze that we call the social media landscape so and, and in social media you're kind of looking you know you're yeah, kind like of like a detective glass, you, you totally. have to find things so it is really See, we validate yeah. you know. I do agree with that because being in the FBI, like I, I know on a daily basis, right? And, and this may be, and if I'm out of space or whatever, I just want to get this point across is that, you know, the first thing we do is look at somebody's social media. Oh, yeah. So if I interview someone or I'm speaking with someone or I'm meeting someone, the first thing I'm doing is kind of insta-stalking them. Yeah. And not that you don't always see who they are in the picture they portray in social media than you do in person. So maybe the whole FBI thing is kind of cool because you can kind of weed through a lot of the nonsense and see yeah. who they are, you know? We won't let the team know what you're doing on the yeah. side. The work with teams in the audience. Rob, Rob definitely insta-stalked yeah. all of us before. Yeah. No. Rob Maybe. added me on LinkedIn yesterday. Maybe. Yeah. Bridget. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I love, wait, Bridget already took my favorite story that I wanted to share with all of you as a dream catcher, that she was an attorney first. I love it. there's nothing about you that reads attorney to me. And maybe Except I've just known... my singular goal from age born to 12 until was you that you wanted to be a lawyer. Until you get that legal letter. To be the, the first woman president of the United States of America. <laughs> that well, was all I wanted to be You can still do up. it. To the point that I there. remember being in Food Town and campaigning for us to be Florio free in 93. <laughs> 
That was the slogan. I didn't know why, but Christine Todd Whitman was a woman and she was running against him. So my mom told, I, I remember it. I stood in the bakery section and shook hands and asked people to be Florio free in 93. Uh, I, I, am, I am not a senator, nor am I on a path to be the first woman president of the United States um, yet. Yeah. But I'm I will. write you in. Good. I'm in. I'll get one vote. I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Two. You might Two get votes. a bunch of votes here. We'll write you in. I will say, though, when I did go to law school and then was working as an attorney, I learned pretty quickly that I didn't love working for other people in big corporate settings. So the firm I worked for was really large for a New Jersey firm, a good, great firm, really good firm. Um, but I w didn't love meetings about meetings. Anybody? Anybody, yeah. right? We're going to meet about the meeting we have later. I was like, great. What about the post-meeting? <laughs> right. And, and, and then, then we're going to recap, we'll recap on the meeting, which I think makes sense, though. Both of my parents own their own small businesses. My dad owns a wholesale produce company that he started when I was four years old. And I remember him starting his own company. And I wrote him a note that he still has that said, Dad, I like to see you. Love, Bridget because I loved that I saw him more when he was working for himself. Like he was able to be home more and he had flexibility and we could go on a vacation that we couldn't go on when he only had X number of days to do vacations. My mom, 20 years ago, and I'm 37, so I was 17 and it's cool, she has four kids, so I was the oldest and she totally reinvented herself. She opened her own florist. 20 years strong and runs her own business. It's incredible to me. And I think somewhere in that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, you know, I don't know if that can be genetically bred into a person, but I definitely didn't love the corporate setting. And I'm so much happier kind of being able to make my own decisions. Bless and you, being my own boss. <laughs> and maybe president someday. Maybe president one day. What about you, Ali? What do you want to be besides Superman? Uh, so. Uh, I read connected to that, yeah. I actually wanted to be a comic book artist growing up. Um, love that. Yeah, that Ming was, likes uh, Ming, that. Did you, Ming loves did, that. Did you, the star of comic book. It's a big deal. Star of comic it? It, it is. Comic whenever we bring you. Ming around, it's a big deal. Yeah, I actually got to uh, go to the, the Secret Stash, which is like where they were filming Comic Book Men like uh, a while back, and I got to meet, uh, was it Mike Coulter from uh, Luke Cage? Yeah, that was like a pretty cool moment. But um, yeah, so just growing up, I wanted to be a comic book artist, and um, you know, it was the the hands and the feet. I couldn't I couldn't get them right. So I was like, I need to do something else. So once I got to college, you know, I studied graphic design, and and you know, that's kind of like where it where it went from there. Um, but being able to bring in some of the illustration, some of the drawing, like technical drawing skills, uh, that really helped and informed um, my style and just like the skill that I had. Instead of just relying on a computer and stuff, I could really sketch out my ideas and my concepts and really present them. And so. You know, that that's what led to me getting where I am. So, yeah. I love it. At what point? I think we we covered. You know, amongst all of us, we just covered like your initial thoughts, and some of you went into, like you know how you grew to today. And and sometimes we would talk about your first internships. I like to do that a little bit because it kind of showcases the journey. The, the highs and the lows, if you will. But I feel like we've given everybody a little bit of a platform. And I kind of want to say, like, let's talk about when you had the aha moment. And each of your ahas are different. So Stephanie left corporate and started something on her own. And Paula had several aha moments. And by the way, you notice that in this particular field, you have dreamers, but you also have doers. 
So this is a business, whether you're inside in a corporation or you're outside on your own, it's not, it, the magic's not coming to you. You have to make it. Well, I actually um, think that as part of that question, we typically would ask, um, when was your aha moment that you like decided to start your own thing? Which I think a lot of us covered a- already, but I think almost if we could talk about our aha moment of embracing social media. And noticing why it was important for your business. Yes, like, okay, like, I'm getting there, I'm building something, and I'm not going to get there until I just embrace. And and by the way, I know Rob even made a joke about not being a millennial. As you'll notice, no offense to all of us, we are not the traditional social media, you know, generation. Um, Like... Maris, who works for us and does all our social media and teaches me every single day about what I should be doing and how I should hashtag and what what kind of content should it look like? Should my images all look the same? Should I do some sort of like sepia tone on everything so it looks cool? Like, should I and should I use Instagram? Should I use Facebook? Should I do this on Twitter? Should I have a website? Does it matter? All of that stuff is so important to any brand, any size, anything. So I think what I'd love to hear from each of you is your aha moment of like embracing what it means to utilize digital media to build a brand, whether for yourself or for your clients. And what made you decide? Like what made you like be like, all right, I can't do this without. And and, it's and also, when did you notice you were really good at it? Yeah. You know, because yeah. each of you have a ton of followers, right? Whether it's organic for your business or on your own. Um, is it people people you've met and, and all of us we talk about things like I don't know admittedly we have I have several social media platforms I can only do the top line stuff I'm admitting it I do top line stuff I don't search hashtags I know I should I don't know when I search one there's randomly in my stream I don't get it so like there's so much to be said about your aha moment when you started to learn it how you start to embrace it how you start to teach it and I feel like as much as I love talking you talking to the audience about your experience and when it you know translated into how you could use it is better use of time I so agree let's start on this side and work backwards um, and Ali when did you start when did you notice and obviously with the graphic design piece and then becoming you know a, cl- a client-driven business. When did you realize you needed to lean in, and this was actually the thing that was going to be your thing? Um, I think it was when, shortly after I started my company, uh, I was working for another uh, agency, and it was just one of those experiences where, like, I knew it was coming towards the end. It was like my my soul was just like itching inside, and it was just like, if I don't leave this job and do something else, like. I will literally like implode on myself. And it was like, that was staying there was scarier than going out on my own. Mm -hmm. And then once I started like really promoting myself, you know, and started to get clients, like I actually had someone just find me on, on uh, my website. And it was a company from Canada of all places. Uh, We got to do this and I got to create like their whole brand, build their website, you know, set up their social media. And these were like, um, they weren't too much older than me, but they had no concept of like how to use Instagram, how to use Facebook. And now they've developed that company to such a degree that they have, you know, they've started another, um, the name of the company is called Choir Nation. And what they do is that they actually bring like employees of companies to uh, learn a song in a chorus. And then once they learn that song, they get to perform the song with the artist that wrote it. 
great, you know, in different. Uh, oh my aspects. gosh! It's like the really that sounds amazing for us the musical theater people cool. on yeah. the on the panel. Hi, Jeanette. <laughs> yeah, Jeanette, do you want to go start a workwave choir? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get them to bring it down here to That's the so U.S. That's so cool! But, what a cool idea! Yeah, and they started this thing called Tomorrow's Voices, where now it's focused on you know the kids and like the charitable um, aspect of it. The, the mic. Here comes Ming, rescuing. All right. Like a superhero, no. comes from the back. Can you hear me now? No. Nope. Is it me? All right, how about this? Okay, there Perfect. we go. Perfect. Um, so now with uh, Tomorrow's Voices, they're using that to highlight, you know, uh, the children in the nonprofits, giving them opportunities to engage in arts and music. And all of that takes place on social media inside of the filming of the, the performances that they're doing. And then... You know, inside of the the businesses that I work with, um, from the small companies like this morning, you know, they're into financial advisors, their group benefits, you know, insurance, um, these sort of industries that aren't you know traditional on social media. That's like it would be like an unsexy kind of boring industry, and we're utilizing that, and I'm teaching them how to use social media in order to connect with their audiences and utilize things like humor. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, here's 10 tips on saving money on your car insurance, but like really, you know, using humor and stories to kind of connect with their audience. So that was kind of like, once I kind of saw those things and results that it was generating, that's where it really clicked for me. I'm hearing from you that you enjoyed educating your client so that you can in turn, help others. Yes. So I think the story there, I mean, that entire business that you helped start was basically a pipeline of positive energy for children and singing and all these amazing things that would probably just be someone's classroom in God knows where Canada, but now has an entire platform because of you. Good story. I like it. And he's Bridget. passionate. He's, and he's passionate. passionate. I love it. I felt it. Yeah, I felt it too. I'm going to sing the song. Project. go ahead. Well, and that was going to be my number one word, passion for why I love social media. It wasn't something that I ever had to have the aha moment for or be like, ugh, I'm gonna figure it out. I just immediately liked it. I liked the fact that you could connect with other people quickly. I liked that it was inspirational. And that's one of the best things I could probably leave any of you with in terms of how you're using social media, right? Like use Facebook for information, use Instagram for inspiration, right? Like let that be a place where you really inspire and you share a piece of your life and what's authentically you. Facebook is the best for inviting people to events and also sending your grandmother pictures of your children, right? Like <laughs> a lot of people that are older use Facebook, they don't use Instagram and it's a, just a great place to get information out there. It's a fact. Um, Instagram to me is my favorite. Snapchat, I don't totally get. I don't know if anyone's an expert on that one. Um, and Twitter, I think, is like really fast for a small business. But Instagram to me is such a joyful place where you really can inspire people and share a piece of who you are. I was lucky, I think, to get started with Facebook pretty much day one-ish. Although I will say I went to Loyola College in Maryland where we had a physical Facebook. Did anyone else have that? Like yes. where you got the freshman? Yes. Uh-huh, freshman yeah. Book, yeah. And then you would circle everyone you had met. You'd be yep. like, oh, I know Jamie. Okay. I mean, I okay. don't know. That's why we I circled I remember that. doing that. The boys, the boys used it differently. They were the boys have a different... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. going to say, the boys have a different it's memory. It's not an appropriate panel conversation. Yeah, no. Okay. 
But there was an original. Yeah, the original yeah. Facebook was a Facebook. Yeah, like a but yearbook. But would it, not be, your, it would not be allowed class. in 2019. Nope. Never. 100% no. <sighs> but my... Yes, it is the burn book for Mean Girls, yes. actually. Okay. My younger brother, he's six years younger than me. So Facebook kind of just started as that you know, internet-based platform when he was starting at Villanova. Yep. And he was like, oh, guys, get a Facebook. And I still had Loyola.edu, and you had to have a college you email did. to get a I Facebook. I missed it by a year. I couldn't get it because of that. Yep, so I, I was that. like a very early Facebooker, and I was like, this is fantastic, right? You could write anything. People are, like, I just had French toast sent. It, like, didn't matter. Yeah, it if was you, so funny. The time hops, if you look back on some of the ways we used to use Facebook versus the way we use it now, I mean, anyone you thought you had, like, your status was so random. Also, it was in third person. So it'd be like, Jamie Stozer just went to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why did I write it like that? Like, I wrote <laughs> it in, like, a different tense. I'm like, yeah. that is bizarre. And it would be, alter ego. Like, eight years ago, Jamie was, I'm like, oh, delete. Like, I was like, that is really embarrassing. <laughs> no one needs to time hop that. <laughs> yeah, no. But I think that the sooner you get on board with kind of anything in life, the more likely you are to embrace it and kind of ride the waves of it. And it's changed a lot. A year ago when you were on Instagram, you were supposed to use 20 hashtags. Now they say the magic number is 11. People used to love it when you put words over a post with information. Now words are taboo and it should just be this beautiful picture and the information needs to be below and then followed up in your story. Also, we are in the world of video, right? So if you can get yourself up there with a video, if you can get comfortable with that, that's going to put you higher on, you know, whatever the algorithm algorithm is kind of showcasing and staying on top of that stuff you have to be a little bit interested mm-hmm. like if you're not it's gonna be tough and I would recommend hiring someone that is I like call someone who is passionate about it and get them on board because that passion is gonna pay off in spades no doubt Or just, you know, close your eyes right now and ask yourself, what are three things I would want someone to think about me? Like, what would be my quick elevator pitch that would be visual instead of verbal, right? What is that for you personally? And what is that for your business? And then before you post something, make sure that you don't go about yourself, right? And then you are going to feel okay about answering the comments and having the conversation and connecting with other people and sharing it. If you can get passionate and authentic, you're going to do really well on social media. You're going to find your people and your target audience kind of organically, as long as you can put yourself out there in that way and your business too. But you have to get very clear about who you are, what you do. And I think most importantly, how you want to be perceived, right? Are you funny? Are you you know, super smart at X, Y, and Z? Do you have the best tips about this that nobody else has? And then go with it, run with it, and start to like get a feel for that. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had posed, um, na- namaste, Bridget. Um, I had posed the question of when did you notice or your aha moment that social media marketing and branding was something that you wanted to lean into in your career. And by the way, it's okay if like you got a promotion and you started in one area and they moved you into this. You know, I want the honest answer because I really feel like everyone in the audience is coming into this conversation from a different place. Yeah. 
Um, so I don't know if there was ever an actual aha moment. Social media just kind of was always in my life. Right. Um, so I don't think I put this in my bio, but I was actually a master colorist for nine years. So when doing that, you know, it's so visual. I'm doing all this crazy corrective color and really awesome things. And I managed a small salon in Red Bank. It was called True Concepts Hair Design. It's still there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we just use social media for everything. And it was just the norm to, you know, it was bringing new clients in the door. So I would say that's probably where I really first saw the true power of it. And also it was freed back then. You know, actually, that's not even that long ago. But now it's like everything's paid. But then sure. it, was, it was free. and It was local. Um, so, so you grew up with it. Yeah, so right. I would say I was definitely an early adapter. I think like 2006, I remember being at a party and um, at Rutgers and someone's like, oh, you don't have a Facebook? And I, immediately I went home, I'm like, what is Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so then I went back to school. I decided I wanted to do business. I don't think I knew I was going to be in social media. I knew I was going to be marketing, but I took a social media course and I loved it. And I just really, I did it well and it just fell naturally to me. The strategy just all made sense and it was fun. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And then, you know, and I also think it's interesting to see, you know, a lot of people growing up today, they don't know any different. This is all they know, right? The rest of us can remember before. I have a really good story about Facebook, but I won't bore the audience. Okay, Rob. Yeah, so I guess uh, social media started for me. I wasn't big on social media. I think I had a MySpace page. And, and if it's out there, I want to make it disappear. Like, right God away. knows. We're, if it's out there, no one tells me I actually me think it. we should dig it up. Please just, don't. Go just to for the sake of this Go to 27 on Google. Anyway. Who's in so, your top eight? Yeah, yeah I don't top know, eight. Man. Oh, my Let's God. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I guess social media to me started by... I used it as storage for photos. Like I had like a iCloud account, before iCloud, I had like a, a computer with all my photos on it. And I remember just dumping everything I had into like Facebook or Instagram, whatever it was, and just like the pictures I liked. And like if I was feeling down at work or I felt like overwhelmed with something or a challenge, or maybe I had like was tripped up in a goal I had, and I would just flip through and veg out. And it was better, it was a better outlet for me than TV or a therapist and less money. Um, <laughs> But the bottom line was I, I used to flip through it. And then I started putting up some of the things I was doing. I was noticing I was sponsoring events. I was spending tons of money on like different charity events. And I would spend the money, be in a program um, or have a little write up or be on a screen at the event, speak. And it was over. It was gone. Maybe it would be in a newspaper for a day or show up online. Gone. I started to like take all of these things that I was doing and I felt like I wasn't getting my money's worth. I wasn't getting what I call with my staff, the lift from some of the things we were doing. And I started to use social media. I started to link LinkedIn and Facebook and not MySpace, but you know, the other things that were there. And then Instagram became something that became to me about my family and my child and like the things I was doing and the vacations and like when you're winning. And then it started to become something where I started to make fun of myself about. I would put something up that was comical, that wasn't my best look or wasn't my best day. And you'd be surprised how many people love that and you would think- And maybe prefer it. And, and prefer it because my business hasn't grown as big as it has within the last few years until I started with the content, content, content. Yeah. Whether I'm at the gym, I'm not taking food pictures just because that's just not something that like I like, but if I'm at a restaurant or a hot spot, I have more employees that are hired and more customers that come through the door asking me about a vacation, asking me about a restaurant, asking me about somewhere I've been. And it really like 
captivates makes, people it and it, and it draws a, them in, you know? A common ground. To it does. About. And, and, and it and, makes them feel like they know you. You know, I go two ways with that because like I was saying before, you'll meet someone online, you'll look at their background, they're a completely different person than what they portray. Like me, I like to make a joke about myself. Like I take my business very serious. When I start to speak at an event, you know, thank God I'm, I'm respected in a way where I'm getting paid speaking gigs to do things. But um, you know, you gotta have a little bit of humor like you were saying about yourself and your business and be human and people can relate to you. So social media came from data photo storage to something I was completely obsessed about. And back to what you were saying about inspiration, I don't really watch TV except for a couple good shows that I like get into and then they seem to end and get kicked off. So I either have a bad choice or taste in TV or I just, you know, whatever it may be, I look at Instagram. Like what? What got canceled that you loved? Like, I, I mean, I don't want to tell you. It's embarrassing. They got canceled. So, well, it's only being storied in well, 70 places right let's now. Just, let's just, you know, like the biggest thing to me is that I do draw inspiration from what I see. Where I want to go, goal setting, what other people are doing and how I can do it better. And that's what Instagram and, and social media is to me is drawing from the competition, drawing from my peers, drawing from my friends, drawing from someone that maybe like, not that I look up to, but I look to basically draw inspiration from and see how I can do better and come up with something that may not be out there. And that's what social media is to me. Well said. Love it. What about you, Pella? Um, for me, as a small business owner, um, social media, it's very important. It became a tool for me to reach people, uh, show them my inspiration, what I love, uh, the way I see the world. And I think that's something that you can't do through a website or just sending an email. And a lot of people tell me, I found you because I went on your Instagram and I see your, what you like and you're so authentic, you, you open you know, your stories, you're, you're funny. And I'm like, I never thought that we would be in a world where you, you could just put yourself out there, be, be yourself and, and connect with people from all over. I think it's a, it's a, magnif it's, it's a great tool. Um, I think, I mean, there's the good and there's the bad. I think um, I love that we can connect with everybody and we can see the stories and everything. But I also think it's very important to meet in real life, you know? Yes. So that's where social media for Bellworks is so important. So we have our social media, uh, uh, different platforms, which I do all the creative direction. I direct the look, the feel, like how the, the photos should should be aligned, the, the, the graphics that go. Yes, it's so important because the people who are not here can see what we're doing. But then again, the experience of coming at, to Bellworks is something else. It's something right. you have to come in person. Like you came here and now away. you're, oh, yeah. now I know this is a place and then you see the person next to you and you connect and you have an eye to eye con connection so there is the balance I think there's social media but there also has to be a lot of in real life connections and that's what social media is for me a connection but then you meet <laughs> thank you you're welcome so I wasn't really much of a risk taker growing up. Like, I don't like roller coasters. I don't like things that are surprises. But the second that I started to take some risks in business was when I started to see all these little stepping stones come to play. And it was almost like they were lily pads because I was jumping from one thing to the next. And I've always spent tons of time launching brands for companies. 
And I started to see that as social media was taking place, a lot of people just did not know their digital DNA and they had a really bad digital disposition. And so I started to kind of move away from corporations and get with the individual. And I felt that a lot of people were in this like crazy abyss. They just did not know where to go. They were bumping into walls with it. They were measuring, like Bridget said, likes and hearts and things like that. But what really mattered was the connection and the end result. So I started to think, you know what, if I could help certain people with their digital array of pictures and this audit that needed to take place, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, that people would have a better experience and they would have a better, you know, version of themselves and trying to get the message across. So, you know, I think that a lot of times people are afraid of social media right now. They feel like they don't want to take that risk because they don't think they're going to be good at it or they're going to be made fun of or maybe they're going to be socially challenged. And so um, my aha moment was to just go for it. And so my advice to everyone that's trying to cultivate their digital arena is to just start to take those risks and start to play around with your pictures and your content and your hashtags and your stories and all the different elements of social media, because that can be a learning tool for you and where you want to go from there. You know, I have to say, I'm thinking a funny dark humor or dark humor joke. It's like you ha- if you have an interior designer and they're helping you with your home and, you know, the, you, you learn that they, like, know about the different faucets and stuff. Like, they, they know random stuff that none of us would ever think about. And then if they walk into anyone's kitchen, are they judging that other person's faucet, right? So here we are with this panel of really talented people with incredible social media presences, whether personal or professional, and you can give all this good advice. You know, there's a part of me that maybe will speak up for myself and maybe other people in the audience. How do we not feel vulnerable where it's like if you're looking at my page, you're like that first thought, I know what faucet that is. Or like, that's not that, unauth- is it is it unauthentic, inauthentic, or she's using the wrong hashtag. How do you, how do you, make other people feel comfortable when you guide them and yet not judged. Because I do think that, especially I'm looking at our audience, I feel like a lot of people don't engage. You caught, you touched on something, and that was not in my script, by the way. I'm going off script. Sorry, Jamie. But there's a lot of fear, right? Because they don't want to do it wrong, and there's so many eyes looking. You know, and I feel like the last leg of resistors, my best friend in the whole world doesn't use Instagram. I actually find it at this point, like we've run out, we we've run out of a lot of things in common because so much of what I talk about and think about and 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 message or you know if I don't see Stephanie now for two weeks, something from this conversation will come up in my Instagram. I just tag her and she knows I'm thinking about her. Right? How do you make clients feel comfortable to trust you? And then how do you, in your own personal life, make friends not feel like ah, oh, you know? You're safe. You're safe. Your secrets are safe here. Like I'm not judging you if you don't use the right hashtag. Is that a funny way of putting it? Yeah. I just feel like I feel like there's probably a degree of fear that you can all touch. And you started, so I want to ask that question of you. And then Jamie, uh, just a little logistics. We covered a lot of stuff, so I'm feeling yeah, we just I'm jump gonna, into I'm seven. Gonna, yep, got it. Sorry, go ahead. So I think we all start at square one. I think we're all beginners somewhere, somehow. And chances are, like everybody has their own, you know just 
passion points that they're wanting to get across on digital media. And so I kind of feel like it's a take apart. It's like peeling out the layers of the onion of the person to make them realize in a way that they do have so much to offer. And unlike magazines, unlike traditional media, you can really get your art across on Instagram. So I think the, the sooner that I let them understand that there's no, this is a no fear zone and that you do have something exceptional to offer, they can start to put it together. And there's no judgment. I mean, I'm good at some things. I'm really bad at wrapping presents. I'm really Me bad too. at decorating a house. So I might need you. Marissa's um, terrible at wrapping presents. You know, so we're yeah. all good at different things. And I think that once we have that trust, it and works. There is, and you're saying, and for, for all intent and purposes, you're saying that there is no wrong way per se to do it if you're connecting with your particular audience. The wrong way is to not do it. Yes. If you have a mission in mind. Like, for example, like my husband's not on social media, which is so bizarre for me as somebody that loves social media and uses it so much. We still have a lot in common, though. He's on it, but he doesn't use it at all. And there is an interesting, and this is, I guess, in tandem to Merce's question about... You know, you working with your clients that might be resistant. There is an element of people out there which makes sense to me sometimes that it's they have no interest in it at all. In fact, they find it noisy, you know, noisy, and it and there is a part of me that's actually somewhat jealous of his ability to just not care, like just doesn't put it out there, doesn't care if anyone sees it, doesn't look for it. But he also and, has you to do it. Fair. But like when Marissa and I, for example, we share like a group thread with us and our husbands and we're like talking about something like, oh, my God, I saw that, too. But blah, blah, blah. Dave's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, nor do I care. So it's such an interesting and almost refreshing thing. But, I mean, I don't get it, but it's but my point being, how do you navigate like somebody who might be resistant, for example, or um, doesn't get it, like doesn't understand the impact? I think that's good for Rob. Because I'm going to guess a lot of your clients don't speak this language that freely. Um, well, look, there's there's a uh, my clients are broken into a bunch of different things. I started the real estate school to feed my mortgage business because I felt there was a need in the market of education, like for a realtor or a financial planner or an attorney or a CPA. The the mortgage industry is a foreign language, and they speak to their clients and really don't get that language to them. And I took the time to do this pro bono. I don't get paid, except for this paid speaking gigs that I do when, when I get when I get them and they come up, I do this for free, 300 events a year to get to these people. I see probably 300 people a week. And uh, a lot of the people I speak to are scared stiff of social media. They are scared on how they'll be portrayed. They wanna be professional. They think that their message would, just as, as much good as it will do, it'll cancel out the bad because not everyone will be accepted of their message and they are scared of it and I used to be also I'm not gonna lie but it gets a point where you just can't care you can't really give a crap what anyone thinks because just as many people who are cheering for you are also rooting for you to not do so well and that goes for competitors friends family loved ones and I don't not to get too deep but it's true for every person that supports you there's another person that is tearing you down as an excuse to them why they can't do something. So be an inspiration, be someone who does it. And, and, and as much as it hurts, sometimes I get negative messages online all the time. And I get people who aren't happy for me and aren't cheering, right? 
But at the end of the day, if you're caught up with what they're doing, like think about people who've accomplished things that have never been done before. You know how many people told them they can't do it? Like someone always said, like no one ran a five minute mile till someone ran a five minute mile. I think someone just broke the record a month ago with something ridiculous, maybe half of that. So I mean, I think with anything in life, we all have insecurities when it's our businesses, our personal life, our relationships. If you get caught up with the negative stuff and you know you get discouraged, we will never get anywhere. And that's with life, business, everything. You know, so yeah, Marissa, I agree with you. And then Jeanette, um, what, taking all these things into consideration, I mean, you're doing social media for an industry that is, it's a B2B, and for those in the audience, B2B means business to business, meaning she's doing the marketing so other businesses will be paying attention, not necessarily the end consumer, right? Um, How, how, what's your strategy? I mean, obviously that's, a big question, but like, what is your strategy when you sit down with your teams to, to figure out your strategy for the brand of WorkWave? Um, so, hmm, this one's a little bit loaded. I know, I'm sorry, that's a very, it's a very <laughs> top-heavy question. question. So it's interesting, so for WorkWave, we have, um, you know, five plus products, and within all those products, we have so many different industries. So when you're going to make a strategy, you really have to think of the personas. You know, we have routing software, and we also have pest control software. Like, those two are gonna be completely different target markets. So I think the strategy is really to just create content, like what speaks to each individual and where you're going to plug it in. And then even if it's B2B, there's a misconception that social's not good for B2B, but it's just not true because those people who are running businesses, they're also still They're also human, yeah. You know, and it's actually, the customer journey is much longer. They say it takes like at least six people. Um, you know, to get in touch with, like for a B2B, you're not going straight for the decision maker, which we see all the time in ours. Like if I'm looking for software, I usually vet it first, then go to my boss and our VP. So, um, so I guess the strategy with B2B is really like human centric marketing, just not thinking of it as just a software, but of what it's actually doing for their business and then creating content around that. So what I think is interesting from a corporate standpoint is you need to tailor your vision so that your audience receives the information that you're intending to put out, right? And when you're doing something more on a personal or branding, um, or you're doing something for a small business, I mean, all of us have the control to, the best part about an Instagram is you can follow who you want to follow. If I don't want to see that, I don't have to look at it. Um, which is kind of the best. It's like I think about if you take a moment and you think about Bridget's stream, it must be so pretty in Bridget's stream. Like, you know, there's <laughs> yoga, there's inspo, there's all these elevated, like high level thought, mindful people. Right. And you choose to be there, which is so nice. Um, I think. And then and then Steph, when you're working with smaller businesses, how do you figure out? the social media strategy for a little business? Well, it has to be what their objective is, what their mission is, what their core values are, what their digital ethos needs to be. And then I think just like a bunch of streams come together. And, you know, I think aesthetics are really important on Instagram because it's such a visual place. So what colors speak to them, what words speak to them, what really describes the nature of what they're looking to accomplish. And then I swear, miraculously, it all just starts to come together. together. Now, does anyone in our audience know what digital ethos means? Raise your hand if you know what that means. Okay. (laughs) So, digital ethos for the layman. 
I don't think, am I on? You're on. I'm on. Um, your marketing, your, your core DNA, if you will, of your business and how that all comes together digitally. So, you know, I think like Bell Works has an ethos, you know, you guys have an ethos and it's how to creatively and cleverly put that together online. I think a really important point is to also give that time to breathe, right? Like social media can feel so instantaneous, right? Like you put something out there, people see it immediately, but the it's not negative, but the flip side of that is we also want immediate results. And I think when you're creating something like, you know, you're when you're figuring out your digital DNA, it's not going to happen in one post. It's not like you're going to go from 20 likes and one comment to 2000 and 180 comments. It takes time. So anyone sitting here who's like looking to build, don't let your next three posts discourage you. I think it's, it's really a special thing that you're creating ideally that's personal to you, your business, your story, and you want to give yourself time to roll that out. What I'd like to do, um, I love that. And I was actually going to, I'm going to give an example of something that happened to Marissa and I, and then I'd like to maybe take this time to open to questions and then we can follow up with some of our last questions that we love to talk about, like mantras and superpowers that we believe that we all have. Um, And I'd love to hear from you guys a little bit, your thoughts on this and then open it to questions. There's obviously strategy that builds followers and con- and and how you create your t- content, whether it's aesthetics or the people you choose to follow so that they'll follow you back. That kind of strategy that's really important when creating an online presence, right? So when Marissa and I first started our social media for choice, I mean, we're a staffing firm. People come to us when they're unhappy at work, okay? So, and likely... There's a million staffing firms out there, no different than there's a million people that that do mortgages and there's a million people that do social media. Like, how did we stand out? Like, what could we do to show the new grad, the job changer, the whomever that we're the choice? And that's a a purposeful use of the word choice. Um, But like, why us, right? So we would do all the things and like the inspirational pictures and like the orange and try to be branded and the whole thing. And then you, what was, what was frustrating is that we were getting there, but it was slow build as Bridget said, it was, you know, one post would get a few likes then the next. And then beyond of course, hiring somebody like Maris to focus on it for us. We did something once that was, I still cannot believe oh this God. is what happened. Oh my God. I know what you're going to talk, talk about. So there is an Instagram is account really that is hilarious. That has been, was probably one of the first really funny, like meme, meme accounts. And his name is, it's the fat Jewish. So I don't know yes. if you guys know the fat Jewish. Okay, <laughs> Everyone so know that. that yeah. So the okay. fat Jewish, for those that don't know, is a fat Jewish dude. I can say that cause I'm a Jew. Um, that mm-hmm. literally posts just funny things like repost other people's stuff and makes funny comments and, and he and grew he's to more than tongue in cheek. He's but grew to an incredible place. He was probably one of the first huge comical social media influencers. Randomly, in my opinion, he decided to launch a rose wine. Okay? Called the babe rose. Rose babe or yeah, rose. whatever it was. Okay. And at that time and 
like every other girl my age in the summer, I drink rosé. And I was like, oh my God, I got to try this rosé. It's the fat Jewish genius slash bizarre decision of his. But listen, like, it how worked. How is he making money? We don't get it. Question mark, question mark. Like, but let's everything play it anyway. about it didn't make sense to me from a branding perspective, speaking of branding. But it worked because his name was tied to it and everyone already followed him. So he decided to launch this rosé babe. Then he was one of the first to put it in a can, which is like was a huge thing right now of canned cocktails. So Marissa got all of us on our team at that time a bottle of rosé babe for, I think, the holidays or something. Because I'm cool like that. All we did is what we typically would do, which would we took a picture and like, thanks, boss lady, for our beautiful bottles of rosé, posted it, but we tagged him. In the post, not just in the comments, we tagged the photo, Fat Jewish and Rosé Babe. We got 500 new followers overnight. Because people were like, oh, what's that? Oh, they're drinking Rosé. And we were and like, they're like, they're like, wah, wah. We have been staffing firm. Yeah, hours <laughs> trying to figure out how to be more relevant to people. And posting this Fat Jewish's Rosé is what got us all of our followers. And so there's part of that, speaking to Bridget's point, that is completely inauthentic. Has nothing to do with what we do for a living. Doesn't matter that, you know, has anything to do with career or inspiration or podcasts or any of that. But guess what? It was a huge victory for us. And we were like, all right, (laughs) embrace it. Um, So I tell that story because I'd love to hear from you guys. If any of you have a thought, doesn't have to go in order, about something like that that's like a strategy or or a little thing that you would advise any of us to do that sometimes can just build your brand without like almost being by accident. Any examples or things well, like, like that? I, something I learned recently. I, I learned a lot about how to market and get more followers by accident. I did everything wrong. And you meet people and they do things differently. So a friend of mine started a motivational website, a motivational uh, like meme type Instagram account. And it's like our joke. What do they call it? The kids call it Finsta. It's like your joke account. Yeah. So like your fake Insta. So we made, we I don't made know this, that one. I like it. We made this account. I know because just, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, um, so we have this motivational account and we just mess around on it because it's not tied to any one of us personally or professionally. So we'll put like a funny meme or, or meme. We'll put like someone else's account on and tag them, like you said. Then they post it on their story. So it does like help get the name out there. But the biggest thing that we did to get like an extra 10,000 followers within like two, three months months was the promotions the promotions are serious for a fraction of the cost on the promotions and again it's tough to do it and facebook can be like a pain in the neck to get your card on and stopping it and choosing the right budget we did it by accident first and i got like a thousand dollar bill i was like what did i do i put the wrong day i put the wrong frequency i chose too many people it was crazy but once you get that down and that's why you should get a professional before you get a thousand dollar bill and not wonder why your credit cards doesn't doesn't work. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, the bottom line is is that that really does do something. I mean, just to get a business out or an idea or a post you like, you're hitting the demographic you want. And I noticed more followers, more likes. I think we did like one thing. It was like fifty bucks a week, which isn't a lot of money. And there was eight hundred thousand impressions. Impressions are people viewing your stuff or yours coming up in their story whether they scrolled through it or actually looked at it 800,000 or 880,000 impressions for 50 bucks a week that's a lot of eyeballs even if like one hundredth of that saw it 
you know, this is an account that's a joke. I mean, to us, we just laugh and make fun of our friends on it, but it's got 36 or 37,000 followers on it and we picked up 10,000 within the last probably, you know, two months. So it works. Can by you, accident. Can you make fun of us on there? At the Dreamcatchers 23? At the Dreamcatchers 23. I, yeah. I happily take 800,000 eyeballs yeah. on my Dreamcatchers. At, at, at Choice Fashion Media? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. We could use a big win after the yeah. rosé. I yeah. need everyone's Instagram thing. We'll tag it in a post and I'll find you and then I'll make fun of you. Done. Maris is on it already. Maris is speaking your language. Anybody else have a funny thing like that? Yeah, well, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is like... you. When it comes to social media, you don't want to be attached to a particular result or an outcome. You just want to be committed to a certain philosophy or set of actions that you're going to take and like, or be committed to a philosophy and like how you want to approach it. And then you let that guide what actions that you're going to take inside of your account. Because if you're trying to just generate like somebody else's results, then you're going to end up with people following you that aren't necessarily the people that you want to be interacting with. And then when you go to post something else in, a, uh, uh, in the future, they're either not going to respond to it and then you're going to get discouraged and say, okay, well, this doesn't work. And it's like, you know, that's what I've seen with some of the people that I've been working with in, in who have tried social media before as they like to say versus like just being committed to you know working it and just having that authenticity and that passion come through and i think it really does come back to um i forgot who said it but like when you're just authentic and you're willing to put yourself out there um and just not being afraid to like you know, listen, people are gonna say what they're gonna say, regardless of whether it looks polished or whether you make a mistake or not. It really doesn't matter what they're saying because you're the one who's in the ring willing to put yourself out there on social media and be vulnerable and take those chances and take those risks. And you're the one who's gonna get the reward at the end of the day, not the person, you know, making a comment and, and trying to drag you down. So and I think that's kind of like the place to start. Yeah, and I think it's very important to think about your business, your brand, like sit down and do the research, who's doing what you're doing, and then come back and look at your brand, what, are, what is your look, what is the feel, the words that, that come into your mind when you're thinking about your brand. Um, this is very important, uh, put a list of the five people, the five profiles of the people you wanna reach, your client, your ideal client, your ideal uh, collaborator. Uh, these are, this will help you, you know, figure out what pictures, what inspiration is gonna come naturally to your, to your social paths. media. Yeah, it's so important. And I think uh, doing the research, the hashtags, I mean, the, the, of, your, of your industry, you know, because we're all in different industries and especially in the creative world, world where I live, <laughs> uh, there's so many, that it could be anything. So, um, but there, there needs to be some homework. There needs to be like some, you sit down, look at the books that inspire you, the work, you know, to, 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 to create something unique, to not be like a copy paste of someone else, of sure. another profile, of another, because you want to be, a, you want it, it, it's the authenticity is that's going to be like, that's going to shine out, you know what I mean? And also, I, I agree, it's great to have a lot of followers and, you know, be an influencer and everything. But I also believe that micro-influencers, small influencers are great. And actually, Every time we're with you, Paolo, you say something that makes me realize that we were meant to be friends from the very start. Because Marissa <laughs> and I talk about that all the time. It's okay if you're not huge. Yeah, it's okay if you're it's, not huge. If you're a micro-influencer to the people in yeah. your life and you're making yes. a difference to somebody and doing I, something mm -hmm. you want. 
and I think it's super important. It's it's a great, you know, to be a micro influencer. I feel I feel I'm I'm a micro influencer. Same. I'm, you know, I wouldn't I just, call myself a I don't macro. Have a million Working towards a macro. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like the people that I engage with, my community, the people that I'm constantly like having conversations uh they're very important and it's like quality versus quantity and and i love it so it it, it has to do a lot with the business you're in so everybody it depends the business that you want to you want to promote through your social media but it's uh you know big corporate car- corporations they might want like a huge outreach but small businesses maybe it's only in your area maybe it's only you know your community so it's things to think about yeah no you're a hundred percent right about that and i tell yoga studios especially all the time i'm like yeah i personally have sixteen thousand followers my business account has twenty one thousand. but for you like a studio owner does it matter like would you want sixteen thousand followers who maybe live lots of them in california yeah. london whatever or would you rather have people that can actually that show up at your class town? Yep, and a right. hundred of them are coming in on a daily basis and taking your classes. I was like, for you, a thousand engaged, active participants are way more important than sixteen thousand followers. And to get you're hundred percent right, Mars and I talk about it all the time. And we, as a staffing firm, to have over a thousand followers, we're really proud of that because who's following a staffing firm? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's a big, big win because all of our followers, ninety-five percent of our followers, are engaged listening, either looking for work, they've gotten a job through us, they find what we're saying inspiring, and that to me is a win. Of course, more followers is always doesn't always equal happiness, but like, and of course I would love more, please follow us, but I do think that, you know, having that appreciation for the micro influencer that you could be, and that the, the followers that you have that actually make sense for you. Like as a yoga studio, you don't need all of those people unless no. you're trying to do something globally. Right. If right. you're trying to do, like if you're trying to live local and work local, then think local and yeah. do things that way. And I think with what you were saying with the tag for that Jewish babe rosé, right? It's actually incredibly important and I do it all the time. I tag the C streak if I'm on it with my kids and I take a picture of one of them up on like the top deck and they repost my stuff. I tag local restaurants that I'm in all the time. I tag the brands that I wear and it works for my business in a great way that people then reach out and they're like, let's do a giveaway together. Boom. Now I do have 200 new followers because they all want to enter and try to win $500 to some cool athleisure brand, right? Like one of the best ones I ever did two years ago if you guys know jones bar i did a picture uh they had me do yoga on top of their sprinter van and they did pictures of it and we did this like big giveaway for my yoga festival and with jones bars and people were so into it entering it following liking posts i think that the local business connections are probably the best thing that can ever happen to most businesses. Like if every business in Bellworks got together and said like, let's all do this social media boost blast situation and we're going to do giveaways together and we're Paola, all going to tag idea. each other. Yeah, and and we're going to put it out there. Like the amount of the groundswell in the Monmouth County community would be humongous. Like you could probably get 200 people here on a day to just find out who was going to win, you know? And 
that type of stuff is extremely meaningful because as much as we are all stuck in our phones and on our laptops and kind of in our own zone, we're humans, right? And we're all going through this reality of being human together and nobody wants to do that in a vacuum. So I think when we can create those local connections in a social media, social way, everybody wins. Can I, can I say something that, uh, I, I posted something. That's why I'm on my phone, not being rude. Usually it's cause I'm being rude, but in this moment I'm not. Okay. <laughs> so I apologize in advance, but I posted something the other day because you know, it was, it's more about the negativity online, the bigger your influence or the bigger the amount of followers you have, whether it's the insecurity of someone else or the lack of support or just them not wanting to take a chance and put themselves out there. Someone may want to knock you or discourage you to do it. And um, it was starting to get to me a little bit. Like there was a point where my my account, I was thinking about going private to a point because I was like, all right, I have a bunch of people. It's, my business is growing, but I was getting discouraged with some of the comments and some of the things people were saying and the jokes on the post and whatever else. And I started to embrace it. And, and one of the things that I posted was, you know, more about that. Like it says how to support a friend's small business for free, right? Share a post, zero dollars. Like a post, zero zero dollars repost tag a friend comment a nice word comment an emoji refrain from negativity shout them out like we were talking about and getting it reposted i mean think about how many people you know if you know 500 people you know a thousand people you know 700 people you know 10,000 people you know 21,000 people 16,000 business personal if someone's business is being promoted by another person they're going to promote your business you're multiplying your exposure right it doesn't take much to do that what does it take a second four seconds a thought right so it was getting to me so trying to get your social media stuff off the ground i was like i'm done with this i really was and then i thought about the relationships i made how i stayed in touch and with that clients. you were going to be on a social media panel right. in a week so you're know, like well maybe i'll just keep I didn't myself know I was renting on space from this place and <laughs> right. the person who designed it sitting next to me and she's going to get me a deal whoever's listening no, I'm um but the, the the friend and family um but you know i just wanted to say that like if everyone in this room has a business or something and they, they want to promote or get a message out how hard is it to promote someone else's message especially if you believe in it and you want to support them marissa it's and so I, easy marissa and i talk about that all the time one of the things is as you'll get to know us as humans but you know professionally today when we believe in something or someone we're their biggest cheerleader and microphone. That's why we're here today to give all of you a physical and, you know, literal and figurative microphone because we believe in other people's brands. And I think it's cool to support other people in doing what they're doing. Um, you guys, this like is a, a real lunch. lunch and learn. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there was a definition of lunch and learn, it's happening right now. And I feel, oh, did I just cut someone off? I'm sorry. Paolo was about to say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, Paolo should talk I was just saying that it's important to align your brand with other brands that have you like-minded. Know, like-minded. Like-mindedness. And, 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 and I agree. It's so important to tag what you love. Sure. I love tagging every place that I go, every workout, every <laughs> restaurant, even though it's not interior design, it's my view of how I see the world. It is your and view. And people love seeing that and they get inspired. And, and that's... It's no know. different than reading a book you're reading. Exactly. It's enjoying life with you. Exactly. I agree. And so with that said, I think because we've, we've, we've kind of tapped into a lot of stuff, I want to be able to open this Lunch and Learn, which is the whole point, out to this audience. Is there anyone that has a question? Please don't be shy. We're not scary. <laughs> ah, me. We, if we have a question, can we bring a mic to them or no? Should we? How should we handle the questions? We can hand. I'm putting Ming to work. Go blue, by the way. Have to throw that in. Make Every your time. shirt today. <laughs> okay, so we have a gentleman in the green shirt. 
We're coming to you. We're coming to you. Don't worry. Gentleman in the green shirt, will you uh, raise your hand one more time for us? Oh, yeah. Or shout it. Oh, we can hear you. Okay, you have to come to us. Uh, oh. Was that what your question was? Your camera died? Okay. Thanks. He's like, can you turn this camera back on? He's like, the red light went off. Big Brother is not watching. Okay. Look at this. He's brave. On the spot. That would be good. So thank you all. Welcome. Uh, thank you for coming up onto the panel with us. Welcome to the panel. We told you there were seats up here. Say again? We told you there were seats up here. Yeah, where the sun's not blinding yeah. me the whole time, right? Um, I don't need to sit. Um, so my name's Jordan. Uh, thank you again for you know having me here. Uh, so I'm curious, do you guys make use of the DMs? And if so, how? Ooh, good Ooh, question. So you're asking Jordan. if we're gonna slide into your DMs. <laughs> Jordan, yeah, Bridget. Jordan wants Bridget to slide allegedly, into his DMs. Allegedly. So you want me to, just learn that you want me to slide into your DMs, is I what you're saying. I do all the time. <laughs> I just learned what that means, by the way. It's like a flirtation device on Instagram. Like so sliding who wants into to answer DMs. that? I feel like we I should have. maybe, I feel like everyone could kind of answer that a little bit, how you feel I about a DM. Actually, by the way, just to, to I use it all the time. To define for the audience, a DM on Instagram is a direct message. So not only can you share information and comment, you also can message people directly using it, no different than using their cell phone number. In layman's so, terms, it feels like you're texting the person. Yeah, you're texting them, but on Instagram. And what's fascinating about it is some of my friends, by the way, and I'm sure you guys can agree, that are actually fairly good at Instagram have no idea how to check their message and deal with it, which I think is so interesting. It is a, it's almost like a separate entity on Instagram that some people use and some don't. But I'd love to hear, that's a great question, Jordan. I find it to be a great communication tool with the Instagram stories. Like I find so many people will message me about something that I put up, whether it's an event that's happening in the yoga world or a video of my daughter trying to do a backbend, right? It's like such a great way to catch up with someone in the moment, um, to connect with someone new. I, there's been, let's say even like a property I see that I think would be amazing for a yoga retreat, or I've had companies reach out to me that way. In the beginning of Instagram, I remember a lot of it would be like, oh, hey, we have a new leggings company. Would you want us to send you a pair? There was a lot of that kind of stuff on the company side. I've noticed in the last year that direct messaging has changed, I think, because of stories and people really are having conversations. Yeah, they're talking to you. It's very yeah. cool. I use them every single day regularly. I would say I watch stories more than I even scroll these days. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I would say to everyone in the audience. And I think I said at the very, very beginning, but please use stories. Stories every day, even if the story seriously is as simple as you take a picture of this and you're like, add a panel at Bell Works about social media and then you put up a poll, do you even know how to use it? Whatever it is. That sort of interaction is definitely the, it's not the next wave, it's like the wave we're riding, so grab your surfboard. Like that's where you need to be Pal right is making now. a story as you and speak. To, she's yeah. right? she's storying your story you about stories. To, that's where you yeah. need to be so right meta. now. And to add to that. Uh, Every time oh, Bridget speaks, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, I was gonna add to that a little bit on the advertising. So a lot of what I do is advertising, paid advertising on social, and stories are killing it. Every objective, um, even just, and make all of your creatives for mobile, but I'll get off the no news feed and get onto stories because that's yeah. where people are. 
And also to answer your question about the DMs on the business side, we really use it a lot for customer support. So people will um, DM us immediately, like if they're having a problem or we have an app. So if our app's not working, um, then we, you know, we usually see that faster than if they were to call the 800 number or email. So uh, business perspective, it's a really good social answer, care. I use it, by the way, as a customer, I use it yeah. for customer service type things like yeah. contacting a restaurant I can't get on the phone. Right. Like butcher's block. I they DM don't answer everyone. their phone. I, I had to contact them. A you company yeah. sent me the wrong size shirt and I sent them seven emails and then I went on to in semester and I was like, I keep emailing you. I want the right size shirt. Right. And within right. one hour, they have sent out the right shirt. Then they yep. Amazing. Right I use it actually. I check my DMs more than my email. So if so, really, if you really want to get in contact, you just DM me and, I, and I'll be there. Like, I, I, I love DMs. I feel yeah. like you just... It's like it's texting on there. Yeah, I think it's, it's and, become and it's like perfect. a new wave. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, I would say like what I've seen some people do is use DMs to offer like really exclusive content. So if you have like a certain like base of customers or people that you see that are, you know, really engaging with your content and you want to make them feel like really special and like have them be your champions like you know wow i just got this really cool thing from you know this company and you know you can use the dms as a way to kind of foster that sort of championship development if you will that's a cool idea that is a really cool I idea looking for maris i don't see her that's a cool idea oh maris has a cool idea um maris let's use dms to that, engage is that our a champions good and our ambassadors for you i love it She's like, I'm already doing it. We get, we, she's like, I'm the one that do. checks it, guys. Like, by the way, the DMs. in the boring world of staffing, we're starting to get resumes by DM. Yeah, that's crazy. And that yeah, people but, are well, if you think about jobs it, on Instagram. The people behind Jeanette that graduate or graduating now, they've grown up with Instagram. So why wouldn't they send the staffing firm their resume on Instagram? Granted, I don't know how to take it off of there. <laughs> that's not in this lesson, <laughs> but we can get it. <laughs> we can review it. We can look at it as a picture. Every time you Bridget speaks, it makes me feel like I've done my yoga for today. Yeah, thank you, Bridget. Great. Yeah, thanks, Bridget. <laughs> Do I Does, sound yoga? A little. <laughs> Does that answer your question, Jordan? Yeah, can I ask one more? Of course. Jordan has another Jordan question. Has another I, question. I, I wanted to say something. I've DM for me is the only way to communicate. If I see someone's story, like you can't, when, when you see, like I think stories are probably the most popular than a post, I right? Know. Posts are there. The only thing annoying about stories is unless you put it into your, like, what is it called? Favorites or whatever the circles are. Where you you put have to it, wait to get to you the, gotta, yeah, you, you got to wait, wait for it to go through to kind of put it in there and tuck it away for people to see it. And then you need a stalker to like really go in there yeah. and look. But the bottom line is, is that <laughs> stories are everything. And the only way you could comment and let someone know and send some positive energy their way, whether it be a product or a question, you have to use the direct messenger. They won't get your, they won't know what you're talking and now, about. dear everyone, Rob is on this panel because I DM'd him. Yeah. Yeah. And That's then texted his wife. Yeah. Well, and then first she texted the- me and said, hey, this is right. I said, like, I got your which, DM. Sorry, he's yeah. like, I don't know who this is in my phone. I said, who, who is this? this? But even the reaction feature now within de- direct messages is, is helpful <laughs> where like I can DM Rob and then he can like if he doesn't have a chance to, like write back right away, he can at least just like it. So I know he saw it. So I learned something new about that, though. I thought if you if you DM someone and they don't respond, they just do a like one of my like younger employees who I'm close with is schooling me in the way of like okay. how people do things. It means that Hi, they acknowledge your message, but didn't want to reply. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Wait, oh, Sean's that's true. true. It's true. Yeah. I do some it people like it. Some people just don't reply. Like, I don't. I don't know. What is your that. other question, Jordan? So clearly, um, from what I'm gathered with our time together, that Instagram is very important for you guys and for yes. your businesses. But what about TikTok? Oh, TikTok. I, TikTok. 
I There's a bunch of panels on, my, parents on the panel. New. I was I'm like TikTok brought back Mariah Carey's song "Obsessed" into my life because my daughter knows a whole dance to it now. My daughter only does TikTok. All they sorry, do. Sorry, Heather. Yeah, yeah sorry. I think oh, sorry, that's, yeah, that's from TikTok. Is TikTok? It, I feel like that's for like the under twelve yeah, set. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's for f- like more like for dancing and for singing and for yes, they yeah. learn dance moves for, and stuff for on me, there. I love to dance, so that. I'll do it. But then again, I don't know for my business. What, how would it help me? What's the generation? What generation are we in, Jordan? What generation, generation XYZ? Gen I think Z. I Gen or Gen Z? Gen, Gen Z. Z. So I would, I would think that, TikTok. and I'm not a strategist like these people are, but I would think if you wanted visuals, if your product or business was, you wanted a younger set to pay attention, that would be where it would be. Mm-hmm. And I do see, you know, I mean, I see, I, I check TikTok every Friday night at 8 p.m. That's where my <laughs> Why life is. Why are you checking TikTok, Marissa? Uh, because my daughter uses TikTok. <laughs> you got to check with me. And doing. I need I to agree. make sure that she's using it properly. I'm policing TikTok. Um, but with that said, I see like Miley Cyrus is on there. Like a lot of the young celebrity influencers, music, musicians, they're using TikTok, which means it is a natural extension to the conversation. But from a business standpoint, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. If anything, if your business Unless is you're like in. holding the product in your TikTok. Yeah. Well, I'm actually thinking now as we have this conversation, I should go on it and do you should. yoga videos. You should do like, a yoga That would probably be a useful thing for me. And Jordan will get a residual. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll Jordan's pay you for idea. that. <laughs> but I, I think it's similar to Snapchat in the sense that no one's figured out really how to totally monetize it in a business way yet. Because that was one of the biggest issues with Snapchat. It also has turned on and off and has a lot of issues in the world. Like big issues. Yes, some serious issues in the world. So I don't know if professional, the professional use of it has translated yet. And Instagram is coming out with their own called the real. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And also YouTube is still queen when it Mm -hmm. comes to video, and that's where people are making the biggest money. And another thing, honestly, in the social world. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of creators come out of TikTok. A lot of musicians, dancers. My niece, literally, she's 17. She just created a video on TikTok of TikTok of her um, lip syncing to this rap song. It's really ridiculous. She got 200,000 likes on it. That's a lot of likes. It's a lot of likes. You're an influencer now. (laughs) So in the interest of time, because I see some folks starting to to depart because we're going a little over. Does anyone else have any other questions that they wanted to ask our panelists? Dinner and learn. You're welcome. Yeah, dinner and learn. Thank you, Jordan. So I'd like to wrap up today, if you don't mind. Um, We'll skip through a bunch of the other stuff only because we covered most of it. As I alluded to earlier, I really, Marissa and I both truly believe that everyone has a superpower. And also has most people live by some sort of mantra, right? So I'd like to take this opportunity to close if each of you would like to share either what you feel like your superpower is that you bring to the world that no one else does or can and or a mantra that you live by that you think is something that you would like to share that you think others might want to live by. And obviously, we have many mantras. Marissa and I, we talked about dream big earlier. And um, one of our big mantras that I'll kind of start with that I think is a great way to, to start today and, and, and showcase why we're here is say yes. So I think we talked about that a lot today about embracing social media and branding and content in such a yes attitude. It's like the only option at this point. It's so much ingrained in our fabric now as humans that you just almost have to say yes. And thank you for saying yes to being here today. Um, But if you don't mind kind of sharing either your mantra or what you think your superpower is that you would like to share with our audience. 
both here and um, the Dreamcatchers, because this is being recorded, by the way. I'll start. Um, I think that like a mantra that I have with business is that everything is figure outable. Um, you just have to start somewhere and then you figure it out literally as you go along. And then I don't know if I have a superpower. I just think that I look at things in a from a different vantage point, from like a creative vantage point in like the marketing and the media world. And it's why I started the Gold Maze, just to help people figure things out and do it in a clever manner. It's a good answer. Great answer. Um, I think my superpower is my intuition. I'm very intuitive. Uh, I go with what I feel and and it works for me in, the, in what I do uh, because it lets, leads me to the best decisions, especially in design and and creative direction. I list, I try to be very, you know, try to just go with my with my gut. So I think that's my superpower. Um, and I, I live by by thinking that following what I believe is what is going to take me to the next step. And that's how I, I'm here, you know. Uh, but I also think that trusting yourself and knowing that you're not for everybody is a great superpower. So, you, you know, so focusing on what you love, focusing on your vision and what you what what you believe in people will follow but it doesn't mean everybody has to follow and that's love it touche yep uh i guess my superpower is just problem solving you know that's probably my best skill set with business life relationships it's like someone has a problem i'll figure out a way to fix it one way or another or at least give them advice to fix it so that's my superpower i, I basically suck at everything else now i'm just kidding <laughs> uh you know i guess the mantra that that i've lived my life by maybe a little over the top but i kind of when, when I'm feeling that, like Bruce Leroy glow, my favorite movie, by the way, The Last Dragon, um, for a comic book. If you like comic books, you like that movie too. So I guess it's just like anything that can possibly go right will, because um, if you get focused on what's gonna go wrong, I feel like you're gonna attract that. So I've always had that you know feeling of that Bruce Leroy glow, something may not be working, someone quit, someone got injured, someone got a flat tire, they weren't able to get to an event or get to work or handle a situation. It's like something else will fall into place and you just gotta put yourself in a position to accept that and kind of be there to fix whatever it is that needs to be done to get to that end result. So anything that could possibly go right will. And that's it. Um, so I guess my superpower, um, I'm, I tend to be really grounded all the time. I actually had a boss tell me once that I had a really calming presence at our agency. So the agency can be like really crazy, especially if you're in meetings and clients are you know, mad at you. Um, and I just have the ability to just remain calm, figure out what's happening and create a solution. So I guess that would also be, you know, problem solving. Stick near me, Jeanette. <laughs> I, could use I need the, the bathroom. Yeah, and it was funny because when she told me that, like, I never really realized that about myself, you know? And it's like for somebody else to tell you something about yourself, you're like, wow, really? Um, for Mantra, I really like, if there's any Game of Thrones fans in here, um, Arya Stark from the book, I don't think they mentioned the show, but she always says fear cuts deeper than swords, which is really like a metaphor for anxiety, right? Because anxiety is not real and your brain can really make something seem to be way worse than it's actually going to be. So whenever I'm scared of something or, um, you know, feeling like really cowardly, cowardly, like I say that to myself. I love that. Fear cuts deeper than swords. I like that. 
I am going to say that my superpower is excitement. Like, I have legitimate childlike sense of wonder for most things in life. Like, take me to Disney World. I'm still seeing it through the eyes of a six-year-old. And I give zero you-know-whats about, like, what that looks like in an adult life. I think every day is a gift. And I think you're crazy if you don't live that way. And I will say, I say at the end of a lot of my yoga classes and I'll call it my mantra. I'm like, you know what? Be grateful for your breath. Be grateful for your body and be grateful for the fact that you're here right now. And I don't mean like here at Bell Works, although it is awesome. awesome. I mean like you woke up, right? So that means you have a shot. So even if yesterday sucked, even if the past two years have been the worst, even if you feel like everything's going wrong, you have a chance, right? To do something amazing or even just a little bit better than the day before. And that is something worth being excited about. Um, So I would say that my superpower is just being genuinely interested in other people and curious about, you know, what things are like for them. Um, Really kind of bringing, you know, going back to being a kid, going into the comic book store and just that sense of wonder, like all the different stories that are on the wall that I could possibly like read in that afternoon, but like relating to people and what it is that they do that way. And then for as far as a mantra, something I've really taken on for myself is, you know, at the end of the day saying, you know, I said what I said. I didn't say what I didn't say. I did what I did. I didn't do what I didn't do. What happened happened and anything else is just a story. And that really just kind of like has me be complete, like with the day and everything that happened. And I'm not carrying that forward to to the next day. Like I can really start it with a blank slate that way. I feel like this panel was a symphony. (laughs) Like I've just enjoyed every single, I'm like, I'm going to do my yoga. I'm going to think of all of your mantras. I could not be more thankful and humbled by having you all here and having this audience here. I was as moved. I'm hoping I'm speaking for all of you. I'm thinking you were moved. Um, We were live. So you were with us. Thank you. By the way, we had, we have a raffle to raffle off. Oh yes. Which, by the way, I should have mentioned at the beginning because maybe people would have stayed longer. But that's okay. Guess what? You guys now can win. Um, So quickly, before we wrap, uh, what we wanted to do, and we wanted to raffle off something from each of us or, you know, from a a few of us um, for coming today and for listening and staying till the end. So thank you. Um, So our winner, our lucky winner of our raffle, which we will do in a moment, will win a... Drum roll. Drum roll. Um, Ali was able to contribute an awesome um, uh, opportunity, which is a like a training and development, learning and development opportunity um, at an organization called Simple You by Donald Miller, who created the story brand. He's a branding expert. Um, it's like a training session with him, which would be really and his programming. It's a one year pass. One year pass to, to the course. To the course. Amazing. Um, that's one item. Another would be a one-on-one, um, you know, consulting session with Stephanie about your brand, your Instagram presence. You know, she, she calls it like an audit of your online presence and, and figure out what else you could be doing. Um, a swag bag from us at choice, which is really cool. And also a resume workshop or LinkedIn rework or whatever it is that you're trying to do career wise. Um, a $50 gift card to bell works to any of the retailers here on the main level, your choice on the block, as we call it. And also a private yoga for you and your, um, 
you know, coworkers either here at Bellworks, if you work here, if not here, um, if you don't work here, then you can bring your coworkers or friends to do it here at Bellworks on the turf with Bridget. Um, so really awesome prize. So all of those things goes to one lucky r- winner. So dream this, big guys. Dream big. So our question and the lucky winner will receive all of those things by a show of hands. And the first hand I see, I think I'm in a good vantage point. Raise your hand if you know the nickname for Bellworks. Paola actually said it during her intro. And in this conversation, nickname would translate very well into very important hashtag. It's their hashtag, it's their nickname. I'm gonna give everyone one more clue before you, I saw your hand first. Their hashtag, their nickname, kind of what they're saying that they are to the world. It's their biggest kind of content that they've created, right? To go back to the, this panel and our theme. So that's the, that's the question. Do you still think you know the answer? Give it a shot. Macho Bird! She wins it, amazing. So you just won all those amazing things. Do you work here in the building? You do not, okay. So we're gonna connect you after. Come up and see us at the end. And what what is your name? Jen. Okay, so Jen is our lucky winner. And we are gonna connect you with all of our folks so that we can get your information and get you all those prizes. So congratulations. Congratulations, Jen. Did anybody have a different answer? Because by the way, there was a second answer we would have taken. Was there a different answer? Eat, work, play. That's what we were saying. That was like their online presence. All right, Metro Bird was the right answer. So we're going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you to Ming and the Shared Universe for bringing us our sound and fixing all of our sound and getting us online. Thank um, you, Ming. If you would like to listen to this episode of the Dreamcatchers, it will be available. Usually it takes about a week to get it going. Um, you can share it with all of your friends and followers for those of you up here um and thank you for being here thank you for to bellworks about bringing us here for how it works and we're gonna have another one hopefully very soon um would you like to talk about that yes um we're gonna have um next month another how it works and everybody if you can keep up with our events through social media facebook page um we we also have you know our instagram uh so please just Keep, keep up. <laughs> keep up. So how it works, and, and hopefully will be a monthly thing. That's the goal. Each month we'll have a different theme, and Marissa and I will be happily here moderating. So thank you for being here and taking your lunchtime with us. Thank you. Um, does anybody have anything else, final thought, that they wanted to say before we wrap that we didn't get to cover? Well, we will post this and share it, and everyone will see all of our handles. So hopefully you can follow all of us on social. So thank you for being here today, and thank you to Marissa for being my Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jamie. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Paola.